podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Westerer is Bester Postcast. Uh with me, Lee G and Big M from uh, uh, up by Sinestri Way with the big boys. How are we, Matt? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm I'm still here. We won't discuss my dog's events from this morning. My dogs are literally in the doghouse and are being very quiet and and hiding because they've been naughty so let's hope they keep quiet for, for the duration of the podcast and uh and everyone will be happy and they might actually be allowed out of the doghouse again but yeah that's just the way my dogs are so before we kick off this week we um obviously over the weekend so we're not going to touch too much on we'll, we'll do a little bit on the Wales game later but we're not going to touch too much on it but while the Wales game was on news kind of started breaking about Doddy Weir um, and and his passing so I just thought we'd do a little bit about you know um, I think pretty much everyone is is kind of affected or um, touched by it in some way so what's what's your memories of, of Doddy Weir mate? I, I don't have many memories of him, uh, you know, watching him play or nothing. I didn't really get into rugby properly till the late 90s, early 2000s, and that was only locally. But from what I've seen over the past few years, everything he's doing with um, motor neuron disease, you know, it, it is incredible, especially being someone who is suffering with the disease themselves, to just bring something like that to the forefront, get get it in people's eyes. And the support he's managed to generate, you know, in just a short space of time it is absolutely amazing. And, and it, it is a big loss. It, it, mm. it is, there's no two ways about it. It's just hopefully now that, you know, with, with him being gone, that the work still carries on and it is still at the forefront. Mm. I think that's, the, you, you almost got to separate the player and then the man after, but then the two are, are connected because a lot of what I'm seeing now is that the friends that he made during the game, you know, when he was playing, people who played with him, Scotland Lions, various teams he played for, are all kind of pledging to maintain the work, you know, to keep his memory alive, to keep the foundation going. And from what I understand, you know, that's he he knew that there was no cure. You know, he was told there was no cure. Um, and he said, well, that's not going to stop me fighting it, like, you know. And, and that's where the foundation was set up. And I've, I've known a couple of people locally that have had it, and it, it is suffering with it. It is it is an awful thing to suffer with. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the inspiration that you get from someone like that and the, you know, the... Uh, enthusiasm to go and do something, knowing what was coming, but he still went out and kind of did something. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed it can it can keep going. And I I hope we get a couple of like, you know, I can see barbarians getting involved and things like that and playing lots of you know charity matches like a Doddy Weir um, fundraising kind of a match and things like that. And I just think it'll be a a good memory for him and hopefully 
at some point a, a cure will be found. So, so yeah, fingers crossed on that. And uh, uh, kind of put the weekend's Welsh performance certainly into context. Um, it was it kind of stopped quite a few people on Twitter from going on their the, the weekly rant, <laughs> which which it, it has become a weekly rant now. But so oh, well, anyway. that's over now, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And I say we'll we'll touch on the on the Welsh game a little bit after we've we dissected the Scarlet's performance. But uh yeah, we're we're not gonna dwell on it too much because by the time this comes out we just we just don't know what will come of it and and what have you. So we'll just leave that for people that was a bee. Yeah. Well again, that is something that we will talk about is is the WI. Let's talk about Scarlet. <laughs> Before I go off on on something completely different, let's just talk about Scarlet. What did you think of the game on Friday, mate? Stormers away. Um, I love. I loved about ninety percent of that game. It, it was what it was probably one of the best games I've watched for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can see where some of the skills were lacking from from both sides. But as a one-off match, if you had someone who'd never seen rugby before turn on and watch, uh, you'd be glad that was the game they saw. It, it, mm-hmm. it was brilliant in all aspects. Mm. I, I thought, say so there was, it was definitely more encouraging than it has been over the last kind of couple of games. Certainly, was it the Connacht game that was the last game before that? Uh, Leinster. Leinster, yeah, I put that one out of my memory. I put that one out of the head. <laughs> I think. Yeah, a good reason to. Yeah, but I think the the thing for me was we we looked like in in the Irish games we looked like we lost the the desire to attack. Do you know what I mean? We 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 just not really got that idea, and people were saying, "Oh, Scarlets have forgotten how to attack, and they can't defend." All of this kind of stuff, and it felt like that attacking. Uh, idea was back, you know. I thought Shingler was like a man possessed in in the loose. Any bit of broken play, you know, and he was he was doing all the little all the little Fafita handoffs and uh, all of this kind of stuff. It was like Gavin and Fafita back on the pitch. Um, so when I think Fafita's back this week, isn't he? Yeah, I, I I'm not sure why he wasn't available for this game. I think it might have been something to do with the internationals. Yeah, but I think again, Tom, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Yeah, so you know, would be it was good to see people like Dan Davis back. I thought Dan had a, quite a decent game for. I think he's been out 18 months and just not played a game for 18 months. You know, it's a long old period to be out. Yeah, um, he, he he's one player that he is. Very much like Josh McLeod over the last couple of years, he struggled to get a, a run of games together. Mm. When Dan Davis first came in, I think he started like four or five games on the bounce, and he was absolutely outstanding. You know, he was jackling for fun, and since then, it, it's been a bit of a struggle for him to really, you know, follow that up and get some more games in. Mm. Well, hopefully, you know, if he maintains. The, the kind of form that he's got now, and then you've got McLeod coming back in. You know, I thought Blade Thompson when he came on at Blindside. Did he come on Blindside or did he come on? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he came on for Shingra. Um, I thought he was outstanding as well. 
you know, uh, there was a lot of encouraging performances, particularly in attack, defence, maybe not so. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've gone through it. I, I broke down, you know, all, all the five tries that we conceded. And, mm. you know, that, you know, when you concede five tries, it's obviously it's, it's not the best defensive performance. But mm. they really are, you know, little things that, you know, they, they should be easily fixable. Mm. I mean, if, if we look at the first try, that, you know, it, they, there's, there's a couple of reasons why it shouldn't have been a try to start with. Mm. I mean, that, that ruck just before Yankees goes over, you know, Dave, was, he, he'd won that ball cleanly. And, you know, mm. the ref should have pinged for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ref obviously thought that he was a tackle and didn't release, but, you know, he, he wasn't involved. So, you know, that's one of them things that just, you you just get the, the you know, didn't get the rub of the green on that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for Yantias to, you know, lose the ball in the act of scoring. And, you know, and it wasn't it, it even was, reviewed. It wasn't even reviewed. But what, what annoyed me a little bit was that, um, you know, the, the, Tom Price was there on the line to, to tackle him, and it, it, it seemed very, you know, it was a bit of a half attempt to tackle. Kind of weird. He was kind he, of he was going quite out, high. wasn't he? Yeah, he, was, he yeah. kind of he got caught in two minds. He was going out, and then he came back in, and then he was too high, and he kind of went underneath. But he still dislodged that ball. He still, it was a little nudge, it was a little knock, and you can see as he's going down, the ball separates, and then his hand goes back to the ball and I'm not 100% certain that he actually it was connected when it hit the floor either I think it's just one of those things when you look at it as a referee you go like oh yeah that's your first instinct is that's fine that's a try because he was there was nobody in front of him when he went over sort of thing but yeah yeah. but but I don't know what game it was Uh, no I think it was the the Cardiff game but we, we saw a try and the conversion be kicked Mm. And the ref still called it back and cancelled it out. So, yeah. you know, why, mm. why couldn't that have been done there? And I think that's a good call. Cause, it's a good president dissent. Yeah, because you get this thing about players think if the if the conversion's taken, then you can't get called back. And let's say in the Cardiff game, the conversion was taken. They were lining up for the kickoff. And then the TMO went, actually, come and have a look at this. So, yeah... It's a shame it doesn't happen more, but like I said, uh, that tackling around the outside of where it, it was, a, we shouldn't have given them the, I think the, the issue is, is we gave them the ball. You know, we were attacking on on the halfway line and we lost the ball and then we gave away a penalty and then it was a kick and then it was another kick and uh, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. We 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 were in control of that. And when we were in control of the game, we were doing well. But that first try, we gave them the ball and we gave them an easy in. Yeah. And these these are big boys. Some of the they, you, you're, not, you're not stopping them easily. You've you've got mm. to either have a, a lot of muscle and strength behind you, or you've got to have you know pitch perfect technique. Which, mm. to be fair, as professionals, the technique should be you know. Pretty near the top end of the draw all the time. Mm. So, what about the other tries then? What did you pick up on the other tries? Well, the second try, you know, um, I, I, I don't like saying it because, you know, I, I love the guy. I think he's been a great stalwart for us. But uh, Scott Williams calls for the ball from a line out. 
Right, and, that's uh, it. Uh, no, we're, right. we're, we're not having that, Mark. We're, we're not criticising <laughs> Scott Williams, right? <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, the, the, it's, it's a little bit underthrown. Mm. And then, you know, Scott, he, he misreads the flight of the ball. And, you know, he, he tried ball went to Dan Duplessis. You know, he's, he's a big man. There was a, a couple of missed tackles, you know, a dinky young combi, unfortunately. But, you know, he, he's a big man. He's broken play. And, you know, the try was inevitable at that point. And I think it's, let's say, when you look at us in attack, there are a couple of issues that we, we look at with our attack. But the small bits to kind of work on, it's that defence that just does seem to let us down quite a bit. Don't get me wrong, it, it was better last um, Friday than it has been for a long time, but we still shipped was it five tries. I think we yeah, you, you know, know. I, I, I'm not quite sure it's it's been that that good in that game to be honest because we missed a lot of tackles. I, I, I'll, I'll check my book, but I think that was <laughs> I think that was the most tackles we've missed in any game this season. I think the difference was that we were in place to make those tackles. Whereas in previous games, there was just nobody there. To, the people were running at space. You with me? Yeah. And I think for, for me, the structure of that defence was better than what it had been before. Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've got it by you now. We had 27 missed tackles, mm. which is, is the most that we've missed all season. Mm. But in a lot of those cases, we were there to recover. So it, it it does go both ways. The first line was a little bit lacking, but you know, you know, get getting back around, getting back into shape. You know, we had improved because we we all know how good the Stormers are. Yeah. E- even if the commentator was you know really disrespectful, calling it a third team. Yeah, it wasn't you know, that, that, a third team. That, that that really that really bugged me and and knocked me off because you know I I've gone through their team sheets. And, you know, they, they say, oh, all the South African boys were in there. Those South African boys have only had one or two appearances all season. You know, this yeah. is the seventh, this is the sixth set, the seventh game for them. And you're saying it's a third team. It, it, it's total utter bullshit. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. It, it wasn't a third team at all. And at, at national level or the USC level, you have to rotate your players. You have to to you you can't rely on we're we're not going to be able to rely on Calamaphony for every game this season you know as much as we think we can we we can't so you know players drift in players drift out you know some players do four weeks some players will do more so yeah they rotate but I think the size of their squad and the size of their their players within that squad was. A massive difference for between them and us. Do you know what I mean? You look at the size of their front row. You could fit two of our front row into into there. They yeah, massive. They are animals. They are just the natural phenomenons. They they just so huge naturally. I just I just don't understand how they can grow them like that. Yeah, and I thought that they fit. They're, they're big, they're fit, they're strong. Do you know what I mean? There's no, um, there's no weak side to their to their game. 
Whereas, like our props are quite dynamic. They run the park. They're really fit. They they're quite powerful. I wouldn't say strong. They're more powerful than strong. Yeah. While we're on the subject of our props, they, their skills are absolutely brilliant. You know, there are a couple of uh, you know missed tackles like we've already alluded to from our, our, our props against the Stormers. But their handling skills doing this game were brilliant. I mean, some of the passes, you know, Stefan Thomas and Harry O'Connor put in, you know, they, they, they were the outside arms. You know, yeah. they were really, really high-level stuff. And then you, you look at that and then you look at um, Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams putting passes straight to touch. <laughs> And you think, and in fact, there was there was a couple of instances there where passes are being thrown, and I don't know whether they're going into space, and and you know the pass is bad, or the players are there and they're, they're thinking leave it, jump, and and there, there were like four or five instances in that game where that ball just went to ground, you know, yeah. and that that's aside from. The try scoring opportunities that we had, you know, they, they oh, were... we we left so much on our field. It was unreal. Yeah, but I think that's the encouraging thing that that we didn't see that against Leinster and Connell. You know, those games we were pretty flat. At least we were trying to do something. We were, yeah, those passes were should have gone to hand. They went to floor, sort of a thing. And, and the attack broke down, but we were we were trying to do something, and we weren't doing that before. So that's why I think it's an encouraging game that we went out. It's very easy to go out against a side that's top of the division, top of the league, and go. We're we're just going to defend for eighty minutes and hope that they don't put sixty odd points on us. You know, it's very easy to do that. And we didn't do that. We went out and we we attacked from the off. You know, we we should have put a couple of kicks over to start with. Um, so uh, Johnny McNichol, the slap is it? Yeah, well, yeah. I just he had a very up and down game. You know, there were some bits that you thought great, fantastic, this is amazing, and then he goes and does that. Yeah, and... he's he, he is he has turned into a hot and cold sort of player, mm. and. You know, we know how good McNichol can be when he's on fire, and and he is unplayable. And you know, to to the level where I think he would he would probably get you know one of the three quarter spots with Wales if he's hitting mm. form and playing as good as he can. Mm. It, it it is just looking and and there's, there's some brain farts going on in there, and you're like, where, where did that come from? Like mm. like that slap over. I mean, he could have taken that ball. He could have run a couple of meters. He could have stepped back in to you know to catch the defense and then let the pass go. There was mm. quite a there was a couple of options he had there other than do that. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's you know, will if Yoan Nicholas is on the pitch, would he have you know would he have been in that position to make that kind of or would he have done something different? Do you know what I mean? It, it's hard to say if. If it would have been different with somebody else on the pitch, but well, I I think it's safe to say it would have been different with someone else, but it might have ended up with the same result. <laughs> yeah, but I I you know it's weird to come out of a game where you you know you look at the scoreboard and it looks a little bit of a pasting. Um, I think the disappointing thing from that game is we didn't get a losing bonus point. We you know oh we, we could have had two easily. 
yeah, and we were we were attacking. There were two tries that we should have had in the first half. There, there was one in the second that you know we were pounding the line and pounding the line, and then we turned the ball over, and you're just like, you know, for all the attacking flair and excitement we had in that first half, to then kind of stuff it up like that was more disappointing that we didn't try something different you know yeah but i think that's down to game management though and you know some some of the players that we had on at the end of the match they, they weren't you know quite as experienced hmm. as you know as some of our, our frontline boys are which is as good as you know patchell and steph evans are they they not they they not game management players. So, what's your take then on Patch and Dinky? How did you? I thought Patch played really well when he. I thought he was fantastic when he came on, and no. I'm not sure that Dinky really did. Uh, no, I, I'd say Dinky had a, a below average game. I mean, he is a great player. He is he is an absolute professional. Mm. And you know, one of the things that I've I've always liked about him is that he's always been solid in defence, but he, he dropped off quite a few tackles. And I I don't know what the reason is. It, you know, it, could it be the you know the, the three week break? Could it just be a, you know a, a lack of confidence thing? You know, mm. so they, there's lots of reasons. There could be lots of reasons behind there that, that we don't know about. But he, he definitely didn't have the best of games. And if you know Costello hasn't been shipped out to South Africa this week, I'm expecting Patchell to start. Mm. So we're we're in that kind of time of year where contracts are discussed, and this now we've seen that already with Josh Helps, you know, um, retiring, and um, Wainwright coming in, sort of thing. Um, we've seen today. The uh, Will Rollins, have you seen that with the Dragons? Will Rollins no. looks like he's leaving the I Dragons going to Bath. Um, Is he really? Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen nothing on that. Yeah, that's the rumour for next year. He'll play the World Cup and then he's off to, to Bath. So, And he, he's nowhere near 60 caps. So, um, Well, no, you've got to think of, think of his age. You know, he's not going to be one for the next for 2027. So... You know he's come over. He's played. He's he's done well for Wales. You know he, he's not my type of player. He, he's not someone that I they particularly have any affinity for. But you know he has he has done his job. He, he's earned his money, and if he wants to go back over to England, then you know mm. it, it's just got in that uh, is it wasps he came from that they know they to take him back. Well, the, my point kind of was, you know. Patch is on a one-year contract. Dinky's contract is up at the end of this year. How would you keep the pair of them? Would you? I think we got boys coming no. through from academy. Definitely, I definitely wouldn't think about renewing Patchell. As you know, as good as he has been, he did to our our Pro 12 title, mm-hmm. and he is a great player. But I think Costello is. He is on par, at least, if not a little bit better, all around. And they are very similar players, so mm-hmm. you you really need you want that balance in your squad. You want you want your attacking fly off, you want your kicking fly off, etc., etc. 
And I just think having Patch, Alan Costello, two players who are not going to, you know, be cheap to keep them both together, is, you know, you're better sticking off with your younger boy. Mm. So that's that's why I would, I, I wouldn't be renewing Patch. I think he is, think he's another question. I know I, it, it really comes down to who's available when is maybe a little bit younger, maybe has, has got a little bit more to the game. Mm. It, it really is that sort of question. Who's available? Are they sig- not significantly better, but are they a similar to better option? Because mm-hmm. then you're talking about if, if they are a better option, are there chances they could be called up with Wales? Because we, we know, I think he probably never will. We know he's going to be here all season long. So it, it is one of them recruitment questions that you know we we don't get to see, we don't get to know the inner workings. Mm-hmm. So that that'd be an interesting call from from my perspective. How about you? Well, I'd go the other way around. I'd I'd keep Patchell, and I would release Stinky, just because he I think Patchell does fit into the way we play the game more. Um, I say Dinky's a different type of player. And as good as he's he's been, you know, I class him as like a solid backup. You know, if you if Dinky's playing, you know that there's you know your 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 first two are injured or away with Wales or whatever. Um, and I I would I would keep Patchell for another season, another. One year, I just put him on a one-year rolling contract. Same as Scott Williams. I think Scott Williams on a one-year rolling, isn't he? Um, and I would just—I think that's the way we got to manage players now. We just go look. You know, yeah. you're coming to the end of your career. Yeah. Well, I think one more decent injury for for Patch or for Scott Williams or, or you know even Jonathan Davis. You know, and that's that's career-ending for them. You know, because they're just at that age where you just you know twelve months out of the game when you, when you're mid to late thirties is you know, that's that's it, like, you know. Um so yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Dinky go and some of the um Academy boys coming through. Um I think we'll see more of that in the in the coming seasons. Um and then Patch put on a, a rolling contract. Cause he when he's on fire, you know, like we we saw in that second half, he's he's outstanding. It is that how often can you have him on the pitch? How, you know, how delicate is is he at the minute? We don't know what his fitness is like um, at the minute. So that that would be my call. Um, but we, should, I, I think this is the time of year when we're going to find it out because things tend to get done before Christmas. And then after Christmas, it's about who can you bring in and, and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, but that that's a tougher... Uh much tougher situation this year with uh, the rumours I've heard that the WIU are really sitting on their hands till after Christmas to finalise any deal with the regions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know if we are going to see that sort of thing happening. Well, let's let's move on to WIU and, and things like that. So a little bit of club news. Um, we saw on, on Twitter last night... Um, so head of Loughborough um, Rugby, is it Scott? No, Snedden. Yeah. Uh, so head of Loughborough Uni, which is uh, you know one of the top bucks 
uh, uni teams. Uh, so he's coming over to head up the uh, academy, senior academy, taking the position that I believe it must be from... Um, Emmy oh, Phillips. Emmy Phillips, yeah. So Emmy was kind of that transition coach from academy to senior, and he's gone up to senior to be skills coach. And then, so they, we brought in a couple of other skills coaches within junior and senior academy. And now it looks like the academy is pretty much sorted now with Scott coming in. But said he's coming, you know, with immediate effect, which is a strange one for, you know, Bucks League is still ongoing. You know, they, they, they're still, I think they've got a game this evening, you know. There's, so to come over with immediate effect is an interesting kind of call as to why why he's doing that. So um, I'm yeah. just looking. Oh, So tomorrow night, Loughborough playing Cardiff Met. <laughs> so, you know. And and just on a on a different one in um in the Bucks League tomorrow as well Swansea University Cardiff University that'll be a, a, a an almighty kind of a, a, a bun fight that will that's that's one to look yeah, to. I use the question why isn't it televised? Well, it kind of is. It's on. It's online. Yeah, it's on YouTube on Bucks uh, Bucks TV. I watched the Cardiff Met game last week. Uh, and um, it absolutely honked it down. I mean, you could not hear the commentators for the hail on the top of the uh, the thing. It was quite funny. You could see players on the pitch. There was like a break in in play, and it was hailing. <laughs> you could just see these these guys standing there, kind of trying to trying to look hard. And yeah, this is fine. This is just what I do. And then like a scrawny little winger behind, going like, "Oh my." God, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. But so um but yeah, so he's he's come over to to run the academy, which I think is a it's a really, really good call and will bring, you know, a lot of sports science experience and a lot of um you know, that Bucks rugby is really the stepping stone now in between college and and URC type rugby. So you know, I think that's a really good uh, a good appointment for for us, definitely. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's been in the works for a while since Emir has taken that step back. I, mm. I I think this immediate effect has been, you know, him saying, you know, I I can't really come, I can't leave, you know, Lockford in the lurch, and I think maybe it's it's taken this long for them to arrange their replacement. So right, maybe 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 we would have liked him for the start of the season. You know, I mm. think Emir must have been doubling up on some mm. sessions. And you know now everything is sort of set in stone. It's you mm. know if you're within contract and you want someone, you are kind of at the mercy of the current employer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Which kind of brings us back to um, you know squad selections, contracts, and the WRU. And what's your what's your frustration with the WRU at the minute on? Funding and contracts and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, I I don't understand how they can possibly think they can have a successful national team when they can't even agree a funding arrangement for the professional teams that 
pay these players. Mm. And something that's knocking me off is obviously after this autumn CV is there and you know the cancellation of the uh, the, the French World Cup trip for Wayne yeah. Pivak and Co. Is the talks that you know he's going to be removed and some of the coaching staff are going to go with them, and I'm just there and I I've tried to find out their actual wages. I I haven't found specifics, but I, I've had the rough regions, and to replace those who are rumored to be going, it's going to cost about one and a half to two million, mm. just to buy them out of the contracts, and you're standing there and you're going that is the exact same amount that these the regions are asking for. Extra yeah. in in the in the in, in the PRB whatever agreement there is, mm-hmm. and you were delaying it for months and months and months. I don't know whether they're trying to see one of the regions go bust or what. And then they're thinking, you know what? We're not happy with something here. We we got a couple million to spend. Let's go and do it. Mm. I mean, how how can you justify that sort of hypocrisy? Oh, yeah, and I I I'm in that bit where I'm a little bit confused about you know who's doing what. Why are they doing it, and and what's the motivation behind it? You know, from a club's point of view, from the region's point of view, I think a, a regions have been quite open, quite honest. Here's the motivation: we want X amount of money because we want to recruit. You know, we want to keep these players, and we want to bring other players in. You know, we want to be able to compete at that top level um, of European rugby. You know, when you look at Leinster, Leinster's got a 45-man squad, you know. And then you look at the A squad beneath them. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's a huge pool of players to keep going with, to maintain, and they're all playing high-level rugby week in, week out. And then, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, do we... do we need four centres? Do can we get away with three centres? Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous to to suggest that you can run a professional rugby team this way. And I think I think it's going to be absolute carnage for the rest of this season. I really do. I think that the, this season's going to be absolute nightmare regardless of what happens at Wales level at national level and who comes in and, and all of that until the WRU there needs to be a massive massive shake up inside the WRU to refocus energies and attentions and go right this this is where we are this is where we want to be and the way we get from where we are to where we want to be is this yeah and they just doesn't seem to be any kind of leadership, any kind of direction. I think the public relations is an absolute nightmare because nobody's explaining anything. And when you don't explain to people, you know, this is the problem, this is where the stalemate is between the clubs, this is when we're meeting next, and this is what we're going to discuss. When when you don't explain that, people fill in the blanks, you know? And I think well, that's, that's one of the things. That's one of the things that came out about the you know the independent chair. A lot of mm-hmm. the clubs came out and said that you know they they had like a a five minute uh, online PowerPoint and weren't able to ask any questions and and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, I'm always going to be hopeful that something will change or you know someone will just do the one thing and everyone will get behind it. I mean, we, we've had the news yesterday that uh, Yayan Evans is now the new WRU chairman officially. 
I think he's mm. been acting act in an interim role since Rob mm. Butcher left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a little bit hopeful that maybe some, some sort of change can come from that. Whether or not it does is obviously a different question. But mm. I, I'm always hopeful that, you know, one day we'll get it right, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think that's the issue is is like we're seeing with Will Rowlands and, you know, I think we'll see it with other players. I think there'll be a raft of announcements over the Christmas period of so-and-so's leaving, so-and-so's retiring, so-and-so's off to join Ealing Trail Finders, seems to be the club of choice at the minute. So there's a, I think Welsh rugby is going to lose a lot of players over the coming 12 months. And, and we're almost going to be... I think they're going to have to get rid of the 60 cap rule for the World Cup and then reinstate it after. Um, and then. I, I've never we... liked that 60 cap rule. I, I can see the point because. I, oh, I get, I get the point home. of it entirely. I just, mm. I just don't like the fact that, you know, you, you deny in the players the right to earn more money elsewhere. It, I think... it's, it's, it's like the government coming in and saying, look, you're only allowed to earn this match, otherwise you can't do this. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, you, you can't shop in your bloody your budget supermarket if you if you go off somewhere else. You've got to it's something stupid. I think it's it works in the sense that it encourages players to come home at the early part of their career. And then, you know, don't think anybody's got an issue with Dan Bigger kind of making the most of it and, and going to England. I think they need to differentiate between you know, if you were playing in the URC, that's different to playing in the French Pro 14. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, and yeah, I think you've got to, um, you know, you can see players, you can monitor them. I think when players leave, they know that they wouldn't be available for the out of season, you know, the out of, uh, um, the out of window games. But if you're seeing them weekly and you're in that kind of context and they are available to come training, then that shouldn't be that much of an issue. It's when you start getting into that, that club versus country thing. Um, you know, I can see Welsh players being pulled early for World Cup, you know, um, World Cup preparations for the, the warm-up games and things like that. And they won't be able to call on players from England and, and what have you so I, I see that being an issue but yeah I, don't, I think something's got to change something's got to yeah. change somewhere and somebody's and for me it's about leadership because we're not you know we can't completely dismiss the community clubs because they're, they're part of the system that produces international players but at the same time those international the the, the community clubs cannot be controlling what happens at the level that doesn't affect them. And the sooner we wake up, we have somebody stand up and go, right, okay, you know, this this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to do it. Bang, let's make that change. And it, it just needs to happen. Until we get some decent leadership inside the WRU, people who can communicate with fans and with clubs and with regions, I just think we're going to keep going around in circles. We really do. So Yeah, I, I don't understand why there's not meetings throughout the season between Welsh management and, you know, the four regions management. 
you know, why why aren't everyone pooling together? You know, this is the way we want to play. These are the sort of skills we want to integrate. Why why are they not having these discussions? Because we're seeing four regions play four completely different ways, and that mm. that's never gonna that's not gonna benefit the national side. You you see in Ireland where there's some variations, but they all play very similarly. Mm. So that's kind of that's going to be taken out of our. That's, that's probably a conversation for next week anyway, with everything that's going on. And um, yeah, I just think the rest of the season is is just going to be an absolute nightmare. So um, we'll leave that to people that can do what they do. So let's let's go back to Scarlet stuff and let's let's talk about the Lions game on Sunday. I think it is this Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday game. Nice, nice long break between the Stormers and this one. Nine days. Yeah, and then but we come out of that, come back home, and we go into a really short one before European Cup, don't we? So no, straight into the Euros. Yeah, but I think it's isn't it? Aren't we 11, playing on Friday 11, night? I think it, I, I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll do that. We'll do that next week. What, what are you expecting from the Lions game? Uh, first and foremost, I, I'm expecting a win. You know, uh, off the back of that Stormers game and watching the Lions against the Dragons, I am expecting a win. The Lions are vastly improved this season, and uh, I'm not giving any disrespect to them. But you know, watching the two matches, so long as we do our bits in training, we we give that ec- extra bit of focus on, you know, tackling, you know, not not being blown over by a gentle breeze sort of thing. There's there's no reason why we can't come away with with the win and the way we're attacking five points if we translate. Yeah, I certainly thought that the Lions were uh, not as strong defensively as the Stormers, um, and I think if we can attack the right areas, control the key areas, and if we get our set pieces right and we can move the ball away from a structured set piece, I think we've We've got that game. I mean, the bit that impressed me on the Stormers game was we when when we kick chase properly, we got that absolutely bang on. And when we didn't kick chase properly, we were shocking and we let them run back way way too easy. If we can control those those key bits that we control, yeah. So the the when we're box kicking, let's kick it properly in a way that we can retrieve the ball. When we when we're kicking to corners, let's put it in a in a place where we can actually put pressure on them. If we do that against the Lions, I think they will struggle to exit from pressure. And if we put them under pressure, they will make life easy for us and and almost gift us opportunities to score because. We definitely, we definitely have the ability to score. I think a lot of it revolves around Scott Williams um, for, for all of his mistake at the back of the line-out. Um, you know, I, I do think he's the key at the minute. That inside centre position is, is vital. Um, and I don't see somebody coming behind. When, when Jonathan Davis plays there, it, it's just not the same game. The distribution just isn't there. So I think Scott Williams is really, really key to what we do. Um, so if he's playing with Patchell, I I reckon you know we're going to put them under a lot of pressure. We're going to strangle them basically for the first twenty twenty five minutes and then cut loose. 
It's, uh, I'm open for a big yeah. win. That's what I'm open yeah. for. I mean, th- there is the awkward aspect of playing at altitude. You know, they, you know, Johannesburg is what, like 1,700, 1,800 metres above sea level. So that is something that needs to be taken into account. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, we select our 23 based on that. I, I'm, I would like to see, you know, some of the younger players start just because they've got that, that extra bit of fitness in them, that, that extra bit of life in their legs as compared to, you know, your Jonathan Davis, your Gareth Davis, who are, you know, back ends of career. So I, I am hoping that maybe we see the likes of Carwin Tuapalotu, Archie Hughes, and maybe even Corey Baldwin just mm-hmm. to start the game. Just so they have the you know, they can they've they've got the air in their lungs. They they can have that forty to fifty minutes of getting out control of the game and then we can bring on you know, your Gareth Davis, your Callum Afoni, mm-hmm. your Jonathan Davis, uh, and have them really have, have 30 minutes in those conditions to do whatever they want, not have yeah. to sort of think, oh, I, I can't sprint here because I'm not going to last the full game. Yeah, yeah, just go for it. So are we are we both predicting big wins for Scarlets then? Uh, I'm not going to say a big win. I'm going to say I'm going to say a win. Hopefully it's more comfortable than not comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, if Patchell is something, he's got his kicking boots on. I, I, I reckon we're going to see a few sixty, maybe sixty-five meter penalties coming up, coming on away. Hmm. I, I'm going to go for a bonus point win. I think definitely we're we're going to put four tries on a board one way or another. Um, oh, yeah. So I can see a, a bonus point win coming from that game. And uh, yeah, next week's pod will be a. a... A nice easy affair, mate, where we can just talk about how everything went well and how we can kick on into the Europeans. So, hopefully, that's how well, we're going to well, do. Yeah, it. next next week and the week after, they sh- we should have some. Uh, should be a special edition, I believe, a special European edition. <laughs> you know, where where we we talk about some foreign rugby. You no. Know? Yeah. Well, let's let's bring it right back to home then. Uh, and, and let's have a look at local clubs or community clubs, starting with the championship. So, Narbeth at home to Cross Keys uh, on Saturday. What's uh, what's your take on that one? Oh, well, uh, you know, it's still reeling from that loss to Estalavera, you know, mm-hmm. especially after they could have won in the dying moments. So uh, you know this this is a, a pretty big game. You know, Cross Keys, they are they are one of those top four teams. You know, Neath, Bargoid, Pontypool. You know, then it's sort of you know Cross Keys and uh, I they've really been at the races so much this year. So it, it's a really it is a big game for Narbath in the context of this season, whether mm-hmm. or not they're going to be fighting for that third spot or if it is going to be, you know, probably similar to last year, maybe maybe or maybe push on the fourth. You know, Cross Keys have had some good results. You know, pretty recently they, they put fifty points on Bedwas at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they seem to be they you know they they either way, you know, which is is is, is there's no shame in that. But Barga are a good side. But they they seem in a fair few points when you know the the 
the playing field's a bit more level, which is what I'm gonna, I'm seeing this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always going to back Narbath for the win. There's, there's no way I'm ever going to go against them. But <laughs> it, it is going to be a, a, a tight one and, and probably a high-scoring affair. Okay. I, I'm going the other way. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be really, really low-scoring. They're going to cancel each other out and we're going, you know, penalties will kind of resolve the game. Um, I don't think it's going to be... I think a lot of it depends on the weather as well. Um, on you know what it's going to be like, so yeah, I'm I'm going kind of twelve nine to to Narbeth at best is what I'm going <laughs> adventurous. <laughs> good man, good choice. So okay, dropping down then into um, League One, one West. So Abrist with at home to Slangenich. That's a hell of a game. That's a good game to watch. That is. Who who you who you back in there? For me, I mean, Aber are going to be really really disappointed that they lost uh, to Dunvant last week. You know, they had they had a chance to you know start a bit of a cup run, and they're going to be really really upset at losing that game because I I think they really had it in them to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, Klangenech they haven't played in a while now. I think we're going back to uh, the first week of first week of the month when they last played. Mm-hmm. Or it might have even been that. I think it might have been October. Yeah. No, no. The first, the first week they played, because the game against Krimif was postponed because of the their president passing away. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go for an Abrus with win just just because I like being optimistic. And uh, you know, Klangenich haven't played in a while. Abrus have got a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, anyone traveling to Abrus with it, it's it's not a nice journey when no. you, when you know what you're coming up against. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going on Aberystwyth with win, and I think in the end it's going to be quite comfortable. It's going to be a 2010, something like that. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of the, I think Klangenich just going to be a little bit rusty. Aberystwyth are just up for it. So, yeah, 2010 for me. Uh, Krimich and Hendy. Yeah, I, I'm going to go for a Krimich win. They, they've had a really, really strong season. You know, they've punched above their weight, certainly, from what I expected. And, you know, they haven't played for a while, the same as Klangenich. But I, I'm still very much expecting Krimich to come out on top in that one. Yeah, me too. I can't see Hendy offering too much. The Krimich pack at the minute is all singing, all dancing. So, um, yeah, I think that's a comfortable win for, for Krimich. Uh, Pembroke away to go sign on. Now then, uh, the, this this is a repeat of the cup game from uh, last month, mm. and uh, you know, go sign and run out comfortable thirty eight three winners last time. So I, I I've got to I've got to stick with them. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. I'd love for Pembroke to you know show me up and uh, get a good result, but it's just not looking good for them this year. Mm. I'm gonna go for the shock of the season. I'm gonna go. This is gonna be the one game this year that Pembroke win, and uh, and it'll, it'll be a bit of a shock. It'll be a bit of a oh my god, what's going on there? And then it'll all come crumbling back down next week. But uh, yeah, for me, I just I don't know why. I just get the feeling that this is the game that Pembroke are gonna pull it out of the bag. So it's a Pembroke win, whether it was one point or or two points or twenty, who knows? But it'll be a uh, a little win for for Pembroke. Uh, 
and then we've got Pencloud and Whitland. So again, Whitland struggling, but Pencloud also down there in, in in the basement battling. So what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, this really isn't the Whitland that we, we've known. And, and we, we, we say this almost every week. Mm. You know, where has Whitland gone wrong? What is happening? But I, I just... They've got to come good at some point. So against slightly weaker opposition than usual, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for a for a Whitland win. Yeah, me too. Um, same kind of reasons. I think it's uh, something's got to pull out of the bag at some point, and they they they've shown glimpses of it. But yeah, I think it's a Whitland win this weekend. So cool. Right, dropping down then into League Two. Uh, Burryport at home to Tembe United. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've I've got a bit of mixed loyalties by you. I mean, my kids mm. are in the age grade with Burryport, and uh, but no, uh, you know, uh, Burryport, you know, they're a, they're a strong side. They uh, they they've been underperforming for themselves. They are they are very disappointed with how this season has gone so far. Um, I'm 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 going to back Tembe. Just because I, I'd like to see Tembi win, because mm. you know this is the Pembrokeshire podcast. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it doesn't matter where my 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 loyalties lie. You know, Pembrokeshire comes first. Tembi, yeah, Tembi for the win. I think Tembi had a. Um, I was expecting them to perform better in the cup um, last weekend. In all honesty, but it didn't happen for them. So I think there'll be a bit of a response this week, and I, I'm going to put that down as a narrow. Tembi win, you know, 15-12 or something like that. So it'll be a narrow, narrow game, but I think Tembi are gonna gonna take that one. And then we've got the local derby, um, Milford and Fishguard. Um, Milford at home having a bit of an iffy season at best, and Fishguard were having an up and down season. So, you know, that could go either way, really. So I, I'm gonna call that as a Fishguard win, just because ah. I think they've got a lot of their players back, but what's I, your call? I, want, I wanted to be different. I All really right. wanted to be different from you. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to go for Milford being home. Uh, no, but you're right. They they both have having ups and downs through this year. I mean, they they both got you know similar form patterns. Win a couple, lose a couple. Hmm. But no, I I think Fishguard are pushing towards more of that top half of the table, so they they are going to be. That bit stronger and come through with a win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, League Three then. So, Haverford West at home against Clannabother. What's um, what's your thoughts on on that one? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to be an easy day for for Haverford West, but I, I think they're strong enough to come through. They they've put some wins together this year, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they they're very similar to uh, to to Port and the fact that they they came into this season thinking you know it's going to be all 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 like smelling roses like but uh, it hasn't quite gone their way but mm-hmm. they're still a force so uh, I I'm expecting uh, Halford West to come up with a win. Yeah, I I think so too. I think um, being at home as well is is playing in their favour. Um, yeah. I yeah, I find that one a hard one to call, in all honesty, but I think Harford West will probably just nick it. So um 
Larn and Lampeter. I think that's quite an easy one to call Larn and Lampeter. Um, I'm calling that one for Larn. What's, what's your thoughts? I mean, anyway, Lampeter is still unbeaten, are they? Are they? I, I, I'm going to double check now, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked, they were they done unbeaten so far this season. So bear in mind, this is a very slow computer for whatever reason. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they're five from five with five bonus points. So which so, way are you calling it then? I mean, it's, it, 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 it is still a tough one because, you know, Lan barely lost to St. Clair's. Mm. And I think I think St. Clair's are, are the pace setters. Mm. So I, I think I'm going to go for the home advantage. I, I think Lan are going to, you know, inflict that first defeat on Lampeter. You know, they, they're going to be upset that they didn't, didn't get one over on St. Clair's a few weeks ago. Mm. So they're, they're going to bounce back and they're going to hit Lampeter. Yeah, I, I thought Lan were... Uh, I thought they were having a cracking season. Um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't look at where Lampard do. I was just basing it on the fact that Lan are having a really good season. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go for a Lan win as well. But, uh, I, I just think that they, they're they on a bit of a roll. So, yeah. Next game, a little bit more difficult to uh, to predict. Langham and Cardigan. Obviously, Langham, a uh, bit of your favourite side. So, um, what's your thoughts on Langham and Cardigan, mate? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both very, very similar in, in the fact that, you know, they've both only picked up the one win in the league. You know, uh, Cardigan are just above them thanks to, a, you know, a draw. I think it was with St. David's earlier in the season. Mm. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I do like Langham. I, I like seeing them when they win. So uh, I, I'm going to put my money in with Langham. Okie okay, Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that. I think. Um... Say it's too close to cause a home advantage kind of comes into play with that one. So yeah, uh, Nayland and St David's. Now this would have been quite a difficult game to predict uh, early part of the season, but Nayland seemed to have kicked on, and St David seemed to have had a little bit of a wobble over the last couple of matches. But what's what's your thoughts on Nayland and St David's, mate? Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same as you. I mean, it, it took a while for Nayland to start. But, you know, I, I think they've won the last three games they've played and they, they found a bit of form. I mean, the, the last result was... A, I, I, it was against Trigaron, but it was a 65 to five points away win. That, mm. That's not to be sniffed at, regardless of the opposition. Mm. So, I, nah, I like St. David too much. St. David. <laughs> cool. OK, I'm, I'm going to go for a low-scoring draw. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just wow. think that game is going to be too close to to call on that one. I really do, um, and I can't call it either way. It's there's ups and downs, and every time I say this way, I go well here, yeah, but then so I'm arguing with myself. So I'm just going to go draw and put it to bed. <laughs> so Pembroke dot Quins at home to to Garen. That should be a comfortable win for for the Quins. Uh, you'd hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, especially having a couple of weeks of, of decent training, and um, yeah, hopefully Beerspool can uh, can enjoy that one. And then last game of the week, then Sinclair's at home to Aberaeron. That's that's going to be an interesting game. You know, Sinclair should run away with that quite comfortably, but Aberaeron quite oh, difficult. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that's a run away. I mean, they Aberaeron only just lost to Lan by by seven points it was 31-24 when they played earlier in the season 
So it's I, I think it's going to be a, a fair bit tighter than that. I, you know, Aberdeen are going to know that they need to go to St. Clair's. They need to do a job on them if they've got any hopes for winning this league. Mm. I mean, with you know the whole promotion relegation thing is still very much up in the air, not being confirmed. But you know, if if they want to be there, they want to be playing in the higher division, whether or not that's against the same teams, they they're gonna want want to pull something out against St. Clair's. Yeah. So I, I I'm gonna back. My my mind is telling me no, but my heart is telling me back Aberdeen. Okay, fine. Going the other way, I just think Sinclair's at home, just too strong. I just think that they they'll they'll blow them away, and I think in the end it'll be a comfortable second half victory. Um, I think that's where it'll it'll be told the second half. So, so yeah, and that's us done for the week, mate. It's good to be back to normal. To be honest, it's been it feels like it's been ages since we've done a a, a proper pod with Scarlets and with Pembrokeshire teams in there. It's been ages since we've done this. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be doing. What I, we I do know. Best. I I have I have missed you know trying to talk up some some of the local teams like this. <laughs> It's been a big mess. I never thought I'd miss it so much. <laughs> well, I will get all of the fixtures up on our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds later in the week. And uh, hopefully Saturday night. Oh, no, I won't be able to do it Saturday night because I'm in Cardiff on Saturday night watching a play because I'm a good husband and my wife wants to go and watch a play. So I'm doing, I'm being a good husband. And I'm doing as I'm told. So Sunday... A good husband would have taken her to the play on the Friday night or the Sunday. Yeah, it's not on on the Friday night. No, it's, it's just... A, it's, and, and she works long hours on the, on the Friday. So, um, yeah. So Saturday, <laughs> I won't be able to do it. But Sunday, hopefully, I'll have the... Um, the scoreboard rundown out and we shall meet up again and do this again next week who knows what Welsh rugby will look like after this weekend mate um it's I just going to be one shit. of the uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's going to be a very different world when we meet again next week so all the best mate have a good weekend and I shall catch up with you next week enjoy your and rugby you, mate. mate cheers Robert. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.